No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. The breaking ball, he struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. This is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He, he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. How are we going, mates? Welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. I'm doing something a little bit different this week. I'm going to try this out, and if you like it, let me know, and I'll keep doing them. I'm going to call this Mariner Mondays, all right? So I do have a lot of people who listen to this show here in the Northwest, a lot of Mariner fans, uh, and I do get a lot of Mariner questions. So I'm going to spend, I'm going to do a special Monday edition of The Top Step where it's all Mariners uh, covering what we saw on the weekend, what we've seen lately, some of the players covering some of the big news. So let me know. If you like it, let me know. Make sure you subscribe to The Top Step. We're going to have a ton of guests coming up. We're actually going to reformat this whole podcast very, very soon. We've got some big news coming up. But just for now, let's dive in to what we've seen from the Mariners. Uh, but before we do, like I said, go subscribe. Go check out the YouTube channel. You can watch these uh, over at the YouTube channel. Channel You just put the Top Step podcast in. If you're watching on Spotify, you can flick it up and you can watch this as well. Uh, if you're listening, great. On, on your commute or your drive or your working out or walking the dog, whatever. But let's get right into it. I want to start with the Andres Munoz news, okay? First, when I heard, I was like, oh man, here we go. And a couple of things I thought about when I got this news. First of all, let's not forget, let's let's take a, a you know trip down uh, memory lane here with Andres Munoz. We got him with Ty France from the San Diego Padres while he was recovering from a UCL, a Tommy John elbow issue. He has a shoulder issue right now, right? So we got him at the end of 20, uh, 2021, we got him, up to the big leagues, he pitched a couple times. He was like, you know, 94, 95s, I believe, if I remember it right. And then he was into it next year. He was thrusted right into uh, the situation where he slowly built to be a dude out of the bullpen. All right, so a couple things. Number one, I'm glad the Mariners jumped on this when they did. Because early in the year, when you transition from spring training to the regular season, the weather changes, the travel, your sleep pattern, all these things change, and you start to feel just a little bit different. It's kind of like that dead arm 2.0. You get it during spring training, and then you kind of go through it the uh, beginning part of the year. One thing with Andres Munoz, when I watch him throw, not saying he's a candidate for injury, but man, first of all, he throws really, really hard. He moves really fast down the hill. There is so much talk and so much stress on that arm as is. Um, I don't see this being a massive issue, but you do have to remember a couple things. And this is what I'm talking about with the Mariners getting to this early. Last year, towards the end of the season, I'd say the second half of the season, his workload changed dramatically. He was a guy that was pitching. He was fun to watch early, but he wasn't this high leverage guy that was pitching back to back to back, day off, go again, get loose, sit back down. All these little things that can really crush you as a young pitcher. This year, it's very apparent he's going to be in literally either getting loose, um, getting ready to pitch, or pitching in the most high leverage moments in every Mariners game. So with that being said, he kind of feels it. He didn't feel right at 4 o'clock in the afternoon or, or you know three hours before a game. He spoke up. The Mariners responded. It wasn't this whole, hey, you'll be fine. Just pitch through it. I'm so happy they did what they did because, man, you are going to need him for four months of the season. 
So what he needs to go do now is just get right, just slow down the pace for this first month of April. It's going to take a little bit and then come out and essentially build back up on the job once you get into May, June, July, August. I'm not super worried about it, but I do kind of like this. When you get into late September, um, into October, this team, if they're going to be in the playoffs, he's going to be a huge factor. I do like this extra little downtime he has right now as much as it sucks and the pressure it puts on the rest of the bullpen. We saw this a little bit last year with Paul Seawald, by the way, too. Seawald kind of hit that wall, hit that wall back in 2021. He said it. He ran out of gas uh, at the end of September, and they hit that wall a few times towards the end of the year. Figured it out, but the the stuff kind of was limited a little bit. So we're talking that second half, that stretch run. When you are Andres Munoz pumping 103, you're going to look back and go, you know what? I'm glad the Mariners did what they did in these first couple of weeks of the season. Speaking of the bullpen, my man, Gabe Spire. Man, I, I love these stories. Man, This was, the reason I like these stories so much is because this is kind of me, I guess. This guy, five and a half years in the minor leagues, been traded, what, four or five times, right? Gets a chance with the Mariners, and he's not just mopping up. He's not just filling a void. This guy, he was claimed off waivers. He's not just in a situation where he's coming up and uh, just kind of hanging out and filling some innings. No, no, he's pitching in some hardcore spots and having success too. I love it, man. When he walked out, there was a camera angle right as he was walking down those steps of that Cleveland bullpen down the steps onto the field. The crowd was was loud. You could see the dudes yelling at him, heckling him as you get heckled when you're out in the bullpen. Um, and he just rolled in, got some, and he got some big outs. There was a, the, the uh, drop ball in right field, but, man, he looked stellar. I love this, man. You, he's just got to keep going, keep going, keep going because he has a chance to really establish himself. Not to mention, I say this all the time, man, my, my dude, Pete Woodworth and that staff, they bring guys like waiver claims like a Paul Seawold or you know, even Eric Swanson last year, even though he was a first-round pick, a little bit different um, journey to get there. But they bring these guys to a situation and they put them on a platform where they can succeed. And that's just not – like you hear that all the time. I'm trying to give them a, put them in a situation where they can succeed. Not everyone gets that. The Mariners do such a good job. I feel like Gabe Spy is in that moment right now where same as Trevor got too, whether they want to admit it or not, they're in a situation where they're comfortable. They're listening to the feedback. They're listening to some of the scouting reports on, on what they do well, and they're trusting it because it's happened. They've done it before in the past. So he's in a good spot, man. And I got to say, um, big addition uh, here. And he's bailed out this team. Not only, by the way, the fact that he had got some big outs and he pitched in the eighth inning the other night, but just saving that bullpen, these dudes had to throw five innings, man. And, and when you had that extra inning game the, uh, yesterday, you are sitting up in the bullpen going, okay, like Penn Murphy, for example. The dude was supposed to be sitting, right? Sitting for the day. And then he's got they, they, the phone rings, bullpen coach looks down, glances down, says, hey, Penn, man, we need you. All right, dude, I got you. Three days in a row. It's tough, man. It takes its toll. He's sore today, I guarantee you. Uh, one of the reasons why they made that move to get Jose Rodriguez when they did. One of the reasons, obviously, you know, performance is involved too as well with that. But, um, you know, for Bukowski's getting sent down and just that chop and change because they can't afford to have dudes uh, sitting there who can't pitch. Uh, and Penn Murphy's going to have to have a day. All right, so George Kirby, my next guy yesterday, looked good. Got away from the middle of the strike zone. I've said this a thousand times. After his debut, the biggest thing that, that impressed me with George Kirby was the ability to pitch inside. I don't know what it is, man, with this new generation. They throw gas with the nastiest slides you've ever seen on the planet. 
no one pitches inside. I know I sound old. I know I sound old school, but man, it's such a weapon. When you can dial it in on the inside part of the plate, you ask any hitter, it is uncomfortable. George Kirby last year, number one with four seam, that straight four seam was in on the hands. You could see those alligator arms go up. And then he started throwing that two seamer into righties and then the lefties. Dude, he was so tough. Good example of that was Marco Gonzalez. Yes, um, a couple days ago, he throws 88, but he was just able to dot inside, man. It changes the whole game. So that was a big turnaround, I think. And the other part of this too with George Kirby, he only had the two punch outs going into the sixth. And then he just ratcheted up and got those two big ones, man. That's got to feel good uh, if you're George Kirby. I, a good sign, man. I had no doubt with him. Obviously, he didn't look that good um, against the Angels. Struggled a little bit. Gave up the big home run to Otani, the changeup. But uh, he looked good, man. He, he looked uh, you know, right back to where he should be. All right, so Mariners had that tough loss yesterday. I want to talk about a couple things. Teosca Hernandez, could you have made the catch, the wind, the sun, everything else. But listen. You go. You start the season, and dare I say it, 2010 was a rough year. If you remember, if you're old like me, and you remember that year, we come off 2009, some good vibes. There's the team chemistry, everything George, Jerry Depoto talked about this spring training. And then we roll into um, 2010. It's like, oh, everything feels like it's the same. And I said this on the last episode. If you haven't listened to it about anchoring on a year before, I talked to Grant Balfour about it. He, they had a World Series run with the Tampa Bay Rays. And then, uh, and then they struggled the next year out of the gates because you, you get so caught up in that wanting to have that same mentality from the year before that you anchor in that. And you're like, oh, man, we're not winning these run, one-run games or this is this or that. But you, get, you go to that off day, you travel as a team, you have those conversations. It's your first time really where you're all in close quarters on the plane, on the bus, get in the hotel, you're on the elevator together everything else. So you start to have those conversations. You look each other in the eye like, man, maybe we're not the same team as last year. That's not a bad thing. Marco Gonzalez made a, a big comment I'm going to mention in a second. Um, and, and you look around like, oh, maybe we're not that good. You start having that second guess, that doubt just a little bit when you're two and five go, hit the road for the first time. Then they roll out, win the next two, and then all of a sudden – you start to feel good about what you're doing, the process. You start trusting the coaches, everything you've heard from fans, expectations, all that stuff just flows right back in. You're like, okay, we're good. Now, I know they dropped that game yesterday, but going into Cleveland, that's a tough team. Opening day for them, getting two of three, that is massive. It was good. Everyone was clicking. Love it. Um, so big two of three, heading into play Chicago or Wrigley. Um which happens today if you listen to this during the game, before or after, I don't know. All right, let's talk about that catch and that game yesterday. Tioska, or that didn't catch the ball. I've gotten a lot of messages on social media. If you want to hit me up on, on at hyphen 18 or at the top step, um, I think it's at top step podcast. Make sure you follow us. Uh, if you're listening to this, we're trying to pump out as much content as we can, Aussie word of the day, et cetera, when Grant's on. But a lot of people saying, oh, Tioska should have made that catch because they watched the um, – uh, the, the listen or watch the post game yesterday. That's a tough player, man. I don't care who you are. First of all, he mentioned the wind and then someone's like, it was only eight miles. Wind or not, you look up, you feel like you got it. You feel like you got a beat on that ball. You're dealing with the, the, the wall. You are dealing too in Cleveland. They don't have a dirt warning track. It's this, it's, it goes from grass to this astro, to this, like this spongy, like, um, like a, like a track, like the rubber on a track. And I've, I've talked to guys about this. It's just a different feeling. For whatever reason, the minute your feet touch that track, it's like 
all of a sudden you sort of tighten up a little bit because it's that hard surface and then you've got the wall behind you. And that sounds crazy, but I've heard that before. All these little things, it's loud, ninth inning, et cetera, et cetera. Tough play to make. I don't care, I don't care if it's winds blowing one mile an hour, 30 miles per hour. You've got the sun, everything else. Tough play to make. Didn't make it. If it was in the fourth inning, no one on base, exact same um, scenario in a, in a, with, the, with the ball up in the air, the way the ball's hit off the bat. Uh, it's a tough play. Teoscar Hernandez has been solid in right field. If you agree with me, let me know. Um, but, man, that catch was a tough one. The, the timing sucked, everything else. The other part, too, that was brought up, uh, that we brought up a couple times when I was on Root Sports, that was a tiebreaker game. God, man, you think about it. You go back to that crazy back-and-forth game, and, and, you, and you think about how the leads were blown and everything else. And you're thinking to yourself, hmm, okay, they lost the game, big deal, roll into the next one. But let's say it's a tiebreaker situation and the Mariners got Cleveland because the White Sox have won the division and you know the Astros have won the division or whatever. And they're in the playoffs. And you're like, oh, man, we could have had three games at T-Mobile Park. But guess what? It's in Cleveland. And you're going to get right back to that game. And you're going to go, oh, Oscar should have made that catch. Now, we'll say this. Uh, and, and let me know your thoughts on this one. If... Teoscar Hernandez hits 30 home runs this season as a big f- contributor in that offense. Are you going to go back and say, oh, yeah, if Teoscar made that play? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. You may look at and see some pitches that may not be there at the end of the year and be like, oh, who are these guys? Anyway, I- I'm just speculating here, but it could be a situation where we get caught up in what's going on uh, with that game. So, um, anyway, tough play to make, but you know what? Took two of three right? They're good. Um, by the way, if anything, I'll say this again. If you want me to discuss anything, especially on this Mariner Monday um, edition of the Top Step, uh, or my Mariner fans, let me know. I'll get to it. I promise you. Anything you see that you want to discuss, let me know. I'll give you a shout out. Um, all right. <clears throat> Have to talk about this, dude. I mean, we can't get enough of the good, the bad, the whatever, the compa- comparisons, the uh, the um, did we win the trade? You know who I'm talking about? Jared Kelnick, mate. <laughs> I feel like I, when we finish spring training, I'm like, all right, dude, just just go contribute so we don't have to talk about you every other second. But you can't help it. Whether he does good or bad. If he does bad, we talk about it. If he does good, we talk about it. I think everyone's got to be happy with what they see, right? Jared Kelnick, his hard hit rate is pretty high, apparently, when last I looked. A lot of ground balls here and there, and everyone's like, oh, he's hitting the ball on the ground. I've got a, a bit of that, too. You know, he's hitting the ball on the ground. He's not hitting bombs or whatever. But that snowballs, guys, I can't say this enough. And I know I've got a lot of people listening to this who love diving into um, baseball savant and some of these numbers. I love looking at all that stuff. I get it. But when you're when you're a hitter, right, talking to my dudes who are all hitters, <laughs> you get into that batter's, batter's box, regardless, you might just sting 30 line drives in a row. Your hard hit percentage is... Great, your ex- exit velo is awesome. All these like these deep numbers, these advanced metrics are you know numbers that you get paid for now are off the charts. But if you're over thirty on those thirty line drives, and you glance up and your your batting average is one fifty, it gets in your head. It's the same thing. T-Mobile Park used to have it where your ERA would would um would calculate as you pitch, right? So you throw a scoreless inning and your ERA would drop. 10 points or whatever. 
And then you give up a run, boom, it spikes up. You can't stop looking at it. I got to a point, this sounds ridiculous. I know ERAs don't seem to matter or batting average, but I got to a point uh, where I was throwing my ERAs through the roof. Every time I get out, I keep looking, okay, how much did that take off? How much did that take off? Whack, home run. I got in my head. I'm just saying. And even when I was pitching good, I, I sometimes did that. I'm telling you right now, that huge Cleveland Guardian scoreboard, it's staring you in the face and you look up and you see that 150, right? It's, it's, got to, it's got to absolutely crush you, whether you like it or not. Now, when you start getting a few balls through the, the gaps, the no shift, right? Flicking balls into the outfield. You know what? The hard, the, the exavilo is not up. The launch angles on the ground, you're hitting ground balls. All the offensive metrics don't compute but guess what yeah batting average flicks up a little bit and you're on base you're out there while other dudes are hitting it's a good feeling when you're standing at second base instead of sitting in the dugout ripping your batting gloves off so with that being said i feel like that snowballed for jared Kelnick. we saw a couple of these just base hits here and there i think it it, it, it snowballed the other thing i loved yesterday man a couple at bats but the big one late in that game when they took the lead in the extra innings he had that at bat against de los santos he's filthy through that change, he was by the way, he was 0 2 and then he went to 3 and 2, worked that count back. And I know this as a pitcher through that nasty change up, and he just fouled it off. That is exhausting, exhausting. Then, sure enough, he came back, whack, base hit. I love that. When you we didn't see this from Jared Kelnick really at all in the past, man. You're starting to see him stay in at bats. That's massive. Now, I've said this a thousand times, man. Your career is short as a, as a big leaguer. Whether you play, you know, at a small career like I did, or you play twenty years, <clears throat> at some point it's over. Enjoy every moment. There was times in my career where I just did not embrace being a major league baseball player, and I regret those days. I was bitching and moaning about stuff that was out of my control. Um, so you've got to just be present. And I think with with Jared Kelnick, you're starting to see him crack a few smiles and be present, which is nice. Uh, if you can do more of that, I'm telling you, I'm not saying he has to be, oh, hey, everything's wonderful, or, or try and be like Julio Rodriguez. They're completely different personalities. I get that. But you just can't be mad all the time, dude. You can't you can't take this this time for granted. You never get it back, all right? I'm lucky enough. I, I love doing color. I don't get a chance to do color a whole lot with the Mariners right now. But doing the WBC, I'm in the booth, and there was times where you know, me and Tyler Mon, we had <clears throat> three-and-a-half-hour day game, then we had to back it up and do a four-hour game. And inning number five, I'd – <clears throat> step back for a second go oh man it's a long game I'm like hold on dude you've got like the dream gig what are you doing you get to watch baseball just shut up you, you're not tired right now just because you're about to get on a plane go back and wish you were doing color because you know if I'm not doing it whatever so again like the same thing times 50 when you're a player so Jared Kelnick just enjoy it man be an athlete have some fun just be a, just be a bro go out there and just 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 crush balls and just enjoy that whole thing i know i know you are i get it i know you are totally totally get it all right so this is my mariner monday edition just a quick um just a quick podcast just getting caught up on all the mariners uh news uh everything that's going on hopefully i'm going to try and turn this into a weekly thing if you like it if if i feel like people like it and you send me some comments whether it be on social media or leave a review say i love the mariners mondays boom <coughs> we'll do more of it. Sorry, I'm coughing a little bit. <coughs> they got Chicago. They've got a bunch of National League teams coming up, which is fun. I do have to ask, do you like the new schedule? I love the new schedule. In fact, you get to see every single team. I love it. Um, I couldn't stand going as a player, having to go to Oakland four times. I think it was four times a year. And um, Anaheim playing the same 
the same teams over and over and over. Um, so I like the schedule, man. It's fun. It's awesome. All right, team. Enjoy yourselves. Happy Easter for yesterday. Um, go Mariners, too. We've got a big series here against the Chicago Cubs. Drew Smiley. I know everyone loves it when I say that name. Drew Smiley with the accent. Wade Miley, Drew Smiley. Um, didn't do too well his first outing. Good matchup. Marcus Stroman looks good that last day in Chicago. But let's get it. All right, guys. Make sure you subscribe. <clears throat> I've got Grant Balfour joining me again later on in the week. Um, we've got a bunch of guests coming up, and we've got some, some good news coming up um, with the show as well. So stay tuned. All the best. Go Mariners. This is Mariner Mondays. Let me know what you think, if I should keep it up. And, guys, behave yourselves. Have a big week. The sun's coming out. All right? We're starting to warm up. See you, guys.